four score and seven years ago. <laughs> Let me restart that. Four score and seven years ago, two men had the idea to start a podcast about movies, and it accumulates in Steven Spielberg's Lincoln. My name is Ben. My name is Bran. And we are Ben, ben and Bran See a movie. movie. Welcome, guys, to Ben and Bran See a Movie. And if the hint wasn't right there from the beginning, we are talking Steven Spielberg's 2012 E.T. E. Lincoln. <laughs> did yeah, we watch the diff- did we watch wrong movies again this week? Yeah, I watched E.T. So this will be a weird uh, this will be a weird conversation. I watched Howard the Duck, so I guess we're just gonna have to <laughs> shelve that conversation. Yeah, Lincoln. We're talking about Lincoln later. This is now a Howard the Duck slash E.T. movie battle. Okay, so good to know. No, okay. we're talking Lincoln. We're talking Lincoln. That is official. That's the movie we're deciding to talk yes, about. Yes, we did both watch Lincoln. I just happened to, you know, throw it on right after Howard the Duck and E.T., so... Yeah, so I guess well. we just have to postpone the Howard the Duck talk for at least a few more weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It'll come. It's coming. But, welcome, guys. Branson, you're back. I'm back. We're recording uh, in a different space. Yes, I, we are recording. So uh, the wife and I moved, uh, and we were we were setting things up last week, and that is why I was away. But strangely enough, I think Jalal and I are really similar people. In fact, listening to the episode while editing, I was like, are me and Jalal the same person? I'm just like the white version of Jalal. I am just really offended that you... Agreed to Twilight. You had we had full on said we're gonna do this movie, we're gonna do it right, and then two days before you're like, hey man, I can't make it this week. We and were I'm just moving, like, and I'm just like, okay, I don't want to say it's a conspiracy theory that you had specifically picked Twilight, knowing you were always going to bail on that episode. But I have a feeling you had picked Twilight knowing Dude, you were always going to bail on that no, episode. If there if there was a movie that I knew, I don't know I'm I can't think of a movie that I would knowingly do that for quite yet. It wouldn't be Twilight. I'd have to pull it out for a movie that I like absolutely did not want to watch. It'd have to be something like Into the Woods. Funny enough is I'd that's... actually be down to talk into the woods at some point. It just looks so bad. It's pretty bad. Have you seen it? Yes. Oh, really? It, I, it's one of the few times in a movie theater that I've actually wanted to leave. I've but never. I wasn't old enough. To... I've left one movie, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Not because I dislike the movie. It's because I had a really bad movie theater going experience, which oh. we talked about a while ago, yes. where I saw <laughs> yes, that. That's right. Those like people went from one movie to the other, and it was yes, just so happened to people. be the same people that annoyed me in the first movie, just talking and <laughs> yelling. So I left Venom. I think that's the only other movie. I think that's the only movie I've actually ever left. Yeah. I we left. Uh, oh no, I we left Chicken Run I, because it freaked me out. Oh, but like, now, I, after watching Chicken Run again, I was like, "This is fine." Yeah, I like the art style. It's not a. It's not Ardman's best, but I, the art style is fun. Yeah, but I can see how it's creepy. Anyway, we're not talking about any of that. Chicken crap. Run two coming yeah, out twenty twenty three. I believe is what. Are they you announced. serious? Yeah, no, they announced it. When was the first Chicken Run made? Two thousand. I was I gonna, I was gonna bring us back on to like back I, on track to talk about Lincoln, but no, Chicken Run Two is being made. Yeah, it's two thousand twenty-three, and they also announced the sequel to Wallace and Gromit: The Were Rabbit coming out twenty twenty-four. I don't think it's a direct sequel to The Were uh-huh. Rabbit. Right. I, yeah. Wow, a sequel for Chicken Run twenty-three years later. 
who was the demand for Chicken Run 2? Okay, low-key, Chicken Run is a great movie. <laughs> so, like, I'm not mad that they're bringing it back. It's a little weird now that we're going to have to deal with Mel Gibson in the movie. That's going to be <laughs> oh, really that's right. He yeah, he's the, the rooster. he's the rooster in that oh, movie. Goodness. But I guess let's just get in to Lincoln. Oh, some housekeeping, actually, before we jump in. One minor change to our schedule. Next week, we were supposed to be doing Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. We're changing that to another Sydney Portnier classic just because I couldn't get a hold of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner in time. So we're doing In the Heat of the Night next week. So Guess just Who's not coming to dinner. Yeah, so we're doing In the Heat of the Night starring Sydney Portnier as well. That will be next week. And Wild Wild West is coming really, really soon. Ooh, we have wow, two wild more West. episodes and then Wild Wild West hits. Yes. And I've, I've already booked one to two really awesome guests that I'm really excited to announce once we start announcing Wild Wild West. I can say it is a 64-person bracket, and it's been solidified, oh and my it's goodness. really cool. And oh. Not solidified. The, the, the order might be a little 64. weird, but the 64 in it are solidified. Oh, my goodness. So that's going to be really excited. And, yeah, I'm just really excited to announce who will be coming on in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for Wild Wild West. Uh, you'll Wild be seeing Wild more West. of us on our Instagram. And with that, let's just jump into Lincoln, which yes. I'll give the film history of it, which I'm going to keep it pretty brief because this whole film's kind of history. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> why spend too much time on the film history here? But anyway, Lincoln is a 2012 American biographical history drama directed by Steven Spielberg, a wheelhouse that Spielberg has clearly shown that he has a love for, a respect for, mm -hmm. and a talent in tackling. Yeah, the the biography and the history. Yeah. Right? He nails it. With He did it with E.T.? Yeah, E.T. That's a totally was, accurate biographical historical... I was going to say Schindler's List and Amadeus and uh, War Horse and much much more no, of it e. a color purple like which i don't e. think is a historical but i guess we're going <laughs> et and i'm done making that joke now it is directed by steven spielberg as i mentioned produced by spielberg and kathleen kennedy which for everyone who hates on her for saying she's ruined star wars and she's never been a good producer just want to read off some of her credits she produced et the jurassic park franchise she did uh, produce Indiana Jones. She's obviously, of course, famously now done Star, Star Wars. Wars. She did The Color Purple, Arachnophobia, Hook, Congo, Twister, Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, War Horse. This, she's done it all. Signs is another one that I just see right here. She's talented. She's clearly a very talented one, and she's worked very closely with mm. Spielberg. So for all those people who just like discount, <laughs> who just think Kennedy of her as the Star Wars as ruiner, that, yeah. yeah, realize her. She does not need Star Wars. Like <laughs> her career is doing just fine. And to be fair, to be fair, I feel like it is hard to produce for Star Wars. Even Dave Filoni is starting to he's, tilt dangerously into just doing fan service. Yeah, he's starting to do that thing with Book of Boba Fett where we saw where it's like, oh, now all of a sudden you're not the cool new guy in the Star Wars <laughs> thing. Now fans are starting to dislike what well, you're doing. Uh, to be fair, the three worst episodes of the series were the ones that Robert Rodriguez directed. But Filoni produced and wrote all of them. 
Oh, that's true. So you have to give crap to him for that as well. All right. So, but anyway. It can't all be perfect. Produced by Spielberg and Kennedy. Music by John Williams. Classic. Great. Production company, DreamWorks Pictures, 20th Century Fox. That was an interesting, uh, that was an interesting company logo to see. I know, right before this movie started? Yeah, I was like... What's a, what's a fox? Uh, yeah, well, Isn't I'm, that the mouse? What? <laughs> Isn't that the mouse? The 20th Century Fox, it's the mouse now. It's all Disney. Oh, yeah, I was like, what are you I'm talking like, what, about? What do you not understand about this The fox is the show? mouse? I was like, what are you... I thought you were doing some weird, like, Aesop's Fable no, kind no, no, of comparison. No. But, yeah, I was like, Fox, okay, that makes sense. And then DreamWorks, I was like, I was half expecting the the animation to like grow i know it's weird i like i kind of forgot dreamworks does make films that aren't animated like and i know they make a ton yeah i just kind of forget it yeah this film came out in november of 2012 budget of 65 million dollars grosses a little right under 300 million dollars this film stars where do i even start i guess you just have to start uh, we'll go from kind of maybe least important to the most important. <laughs> James Spader's in this film. Tim Blake Nelson is in this film. Jackie Earl Haley's in this film. Sally Fields in this film. Michael Stuhlbar's in this film. Walter Goggins. Lee Pace. Tommy Lee Jones. Jeremy Strong. David Strathen. Dane DeHaan. David Oyelowo. Jared Harris. Adam Driver in what is his second film appearance post uh, the film that he did with Clint Eastwood, Jay Edgar, mm-hmm. which also, by the way, I have an Adam Driver article being published on Highbrow Magazine. I believe it will be out the day you guys hear hey. this episode. So I'll make sure I share that on link my social. Will, link but will it's, be uh, to that. Uh, link to that will be in the podcast episode description. It probably description. won't be because I don't have the link yet. It'll be in a podcast episode it will be somewhere the link will be out <laughs> but adam driver joseph gordon lovett sally field and anchored by Daniel and here's Daniel. where my uh this is where my hill to die on starts daniel day lewis to me lincoln is spielberg's masterpiece his underrated masterpiece i should say and daniel day lewis giving some of the greatest performances we've ever seen in screen, just period. To me, this is his tour de force. This is his best performance I've ever seen of him on screen, point blank, period. I think Daniel Day-Lewis is another level of brilliance in it. I get I get why people always kind of argue this one or there will be blood and a lot of people lean there will be blood. The fact that Daniel is able to take, and I say Daniel because, of course, we're on a first name. Yeah, you're on first name Dan, as I like to call him. (laughs) Old Dan. Yeah. The reason this works so well for me and why I love this performance out of all of his, this one's the most, is because the other ones, uh, specifically like There Will Be Blood, he he gets to make that character. Mm -hmm. Everybody who's watching this film has an idea of who and what Lincoln should be, look like, sound like, all of this. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Day-Lewis is somehow able to capture it all, give it his own performance, and also just like make the character his own. While also, with all that said, completely getting lost in the role. When I'm watching yeah, this absolutely. movie, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm watching Lincoln. 
I'm not watching Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm actually just watching footage of Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I've I've got a similar, if that's the end of your hill yeah, to die hill. on. Uh, I've got a pretty similar hill to die on. I think this is one of the most uh, endearing portrayals, one of the most real portrayals of, I think, any president ever, any political figure in any sort of... Uh, you know, movie about the subject, mm. uh, and as, for sure of Lincoln, uh, the the way that he is written and performed is just so interesting and deep and metered. Uh, every every word is just like saturated with importance, mm. and and Daniel Day Lewis delivers that uh, extremely well, and then the entire. Uh, supporting cast is is fantastic as well in in the range of parts that they have, whether they be fairly large or fairly small. Uh, they all give uh, such interesting performances, which is, I would say, fairly tough to do in historical documentaries. I I usually like documentaries, uh, and but I know that historical sort of films like this can be a bit dry, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of the performance that goes into what makes this movie great. And then also just the way that it's shot is, is really interesting and keeps, keeps things that could easily be boring, intense and, and engaging. Mm -hmm. So that was a long winded, hill to die on because i came up with it on the fly yeah but yeah <laughs> i think what's so impressive about this is that one like i said all those things that you said the fact that this is a historical drama and it feels like it feels lively i don't know how else to describe it except there's like an energy to it that doesn't almost make sense due to the nature of this film it but feels, there's something exciting the whole time. Yeah, it feels like, I mean, I it made me think of, you know, those those museum, uh, it, commercials or trailers or mm. or campaigns where it's like make history come alive, mm. you know, and it it really did feel like I was in a museum walking through like the Hall of Presidents or something, and I was just drawn to this Lincoln exhibit, and it felt like the entire diorama just kind of folded around me and then I felt suddenly engrossed I was, by it yeah that was kind of the thing when i was watching this movie there was a feeling of engrossment that came with it where i'm just mm -hmm. like i feel transported to the time of 1865 when they're trying to pass the 13th amendment like there's something right. where i'm just like with these characters and it's something that i really like that this film does it doesn't try to make it a biopic on lincoln it's simply a character study of lincoln in this very critical period of his life. My complaints mm -hmm. with the film actually happen when it goes a little bit broader and tries to make it a little bit more encompassing of his whole life, specifically the ending. With that all said, when this film purely focuses on the 13th Amendment and him getting it passed, I think it is extremely engaging, mm -hmm. interesting, and just... It's just ripe for material, and it's also really shockingly modern, and that message is still important, and it shows that 
I think we have this maybe crystal eye lens of looking back on politics back then. Mm -hmm. And you kind of learn it's the same thing. It's a lot of it. The only difference is, (laughs) and not to make this political, the only difference is all the backdoor uh, shenanigans Mm -hmm. and all the in political infighting. Yeah. That's not happening online or uh, on social media or right, it's on just Fox happening. News. It's, it's just, just happening, happening behind in, doors. Yeah. So no one knows about it as well. But it's still there. Yeah. A I, lot the of more the, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Yeah. A lot of the criticisms are still there. Like there's full on parts where Lincoln just like insults members of his own party, mm-hmm. threatens them. There's one scene where he's just like. He never clearly states it, but there's one scene that's really implied that he's like, if you don't do this, I fire you. Like, your career's over. Mm-hmm. So get it done. Yeah. Yeah, get it done. That's what I found so impressing about this movie. And we always start with the beginning. And this movie, I love this opening sequence. The, the I beginning of this film is this awesome. I, I love that it doesn't just start with him. Mm-hmm. It's... It builds up this grandeur feeling of President Lincoln, it right? Set, it sets the backdrop for the the time in Lincoln's life that we're about to see. It We're dropped right into the middle of the Civil War. Yeah. We see guys getting stabbed with bayonets, shot with long rifles, and being thrown into the mud. Yeah. It's, it's just like body on body. Like the blues just like throwing each other into these pits. And we're just it's, in it. We're yeah. We're in the midst of the Civil War, and then when it cuts to what seems to be the battle station, mm-hmm. their camp, we're following two black soldiers, and I love it where they're clearly talking to somebody, and you you know who it is. You right. obviously know who they're going to be talking about, but it does build this feeling of just like one intrigue, and two just like. It feels really special, and I mm-hmm. think it's really an important scene that it's the specifically two black characters oh, are talking to Lincoln, because then when the camera slowly pans and we see Daniel Day-Lewis for the first time in all of his glory, essentially, like it's, mm-hmm. the, it's the shot where mm-hmm. it's like, that's Lincoln. The Lincoln reveal, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, one, the makeup. You're like, that's exactly what Abraham Lincoln looks like. Like, yeah. it's just like, that's him. Like, to, there's no, like, that's not like an actor in make, makeup. That's like, straight up, that's like Abraham yeah, that's Lincoln the... pulled out of the pictures. Yeah. Sitting <laughs> and right in front rendered, of us. 3D rendered, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's right there in front of us. He feels tangible. Mm-hmm. And this. Which, which is, yeah. I think, is something that, that is, that is sort of a, a problem with, a lot of history that it's not tangible to a lot of people and therefore not that interesting. And what this movie does for both Lincoln and the, the creation and ratification of the 13th amendment is it makes it a real thing. Like this was something that did go through all of these, all of this struggle and these rounds of voting and, uh, these tensions between parties and and between even members of the same party, and it's not just you know a paragraph or a page in a history book. Yeah, with that all being said as well, like bouncing off that point, mm-hmm. it's 
it's interesting to like see something portrayed like this because so often the criticism right is like when you see a movie based on a famous person mm-hmm. it often can feel like oh it's just a famous person in makeup right like, and they might be doing an impression and a lot of those times those can be really good impressions mm-hmm. but it's still like oh i'm watching so and so play this person right like i'm watching rami malik play freddie mercury. mercury this one it's like no i'm watching lincoln lincoln and yeah that reveal like i said when he comes around and i love it because the scene i love the way everything kind of balances and bounces off each other the dialogue and this is david oyelowo before da- he be- who david oyelowo david oyelowo yeah david oyelowo he's in doctor strange but this is also specifically mm-hmm. 2014's when he has selma where he plays Dr. Martin Luther King. Oh, this uh-huh. is a few years before this. This is two years, probably filmed three years before Lincoln comes or before Selma comes out. This is one of his earliest performances, if I recall. And what I love about it is these two black soldiers, they're talking, and Oyelowo feels specifically he you start feeling him get a little empowered talking to Lincoln. Yeah. Like the whole thing where he's just like you know, we're we're busting our butts out there just like the white soldiers and we're still not getting this type of treatment or we're still having trouble getting, like, supplies, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Like, he starts speaking his mind openly to Lincoln because at he this point... He feels comfortable, too. He has a respect for Lincoln that otherwise he wouldn't say mm-hmm. this. And I love Lincoln, like, sitting there listening to him. He's sitting down because he's, imp- he's a tall figure, like, literally yeah. an imposing figure. He's down to their height. Right. It's another camera work that the cinematography does where he's on their level and Lincoln doesn't feel above them. Thus, we don't have an air of grandiose to Lincoln right. slash an air of arrogance. Yeah, he, he, he is really like trying his best to meet people where they actually exactly. are. And with that all said, I think the moment where I realize how special Daniel Day-Lewis is in the film... And I'm really interested. I would love if Spielberg had footage of like Daniel Day-Lewis on set because Daniel Day-Lewis, very famous method actor, he stayed in character the whole time from when he got the role and started like Mm pre-filming to when cut and it was done. Mm -hmm. He never broke characters. He was really wow. He was he was Lincoln all the way and not just on set. He lived in a log cabin while they were filming. Like, right outside the studio. He did the whole thing. He never broke character. That's how... It's why Daniel Day-Lewis only does, like, one film every, like, seven years. Because he pours everything into this film. Mm -hmm. And he just, like, takes a break. And he's a very private guy. It also kind of builds the fact of, like, we don't know who Daniel Day-Lewis is besides an actor. And Mm -hmm. he can just dive into these characters. And I love... What Daniel Day-Lewis is... I've always been impressed with him as an actor... One, he's a very gracious actor. He's not stealing every scene, besides the fact that he's a great actor, so he does kind of just get to steal every scene. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's trying to overpower everyone, like where he's acting against everyone. He allows other people to have great performances next to him. He's a very gracious actor in right. that way. He's not, he's not the DJ Khaled. Yeah, it's not everything has to focus around him. He can simply kind of be in the scene, and his presence is always there. But just even in the slight movements, all he's doing is making other performances off of him mm-hmm. even better. And it's something that I think Daniel Day-Lewis has always been able to portray in it. Going off of this scene, 
the scene where I'm just like, this guy's like Lincoln and where I'm talking about, like where I'd love to see the documentary on this. I want to know where the dialogue starts and where Daniel Day Lewis's interpretation of Lincoln begins. Yeah. Because there's lines in there. It's just like, how do you write that unless you're, in the mind of Lincoln, like you are Lincoln. Like the, one right. of my favorite lines to start the film off is where the two white soldiers talk to him. Or no, it's the two black soldiers specifically. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you got springy hair for a white guy. And he talks about the fact that like his barber like killed himself. Yeah. And Left just like shears in his will. Just like that's a line where I'm just like, I remember thinking I'm like, maybe that was in the original screenplay. But that feels so specific and just so in character. Mm-hmm. That I have to imagine, like, I'm really wondering, like, did Daniel Day Lewis, even if he's not accredited for writing it, did he just did get he to improv? Of this? Yeah. Did he just get to improv some of those lines? Because there's lines in there where it's just like, how do you write that? Like, how do you think mm-hmm. that's going to sound good? And it's something where it's this it's, it's funny too. It, it is. Takes, it's a really funny line it, for Lincoln to give. It makes it it makes Lincoln not so much the legend, but makes Lincoln the man. Exactly. You know? He feels of the people. Right. It's not he's not just, you know, the face on the coin. Mm. Or he's not just the penny guy. He he was a real living, breathing person who Yeah, he told was jokes, like, who like yeah. connected with people. It does it demystifies him in this scene where right. it's like he wasn't just the stoic guy with the top hat. Exactly. And with that scene, I like what's so interesting is also how he studies that because we don't have any actual idea what lincoln sounds like Mm -hmm. so how do you build a voice like that because it's a very distinct voice and i know some people had criticism it i actually think the voice is probably about as perfect as you could get it i i i initially i it was not the voice that i expected but i didn't have a problem with it but it really grew on me because it was soft it was contemplative gentle kentucky uh he's kentuckian right illinois oh yeah you're right i don't know who i was springfield illinois i believe kentucky um but yeah, I he's got that sort of the gentle Midwest. And then when he like the power comes in the voice, it's so much more intimidating. He doesn't have this mm-hmm. bombastic voice. He does have this like almost calming presence mm-hmm. to the voice. And what I love about that is how do you develop a voice like that? You have to get it as close as you can. And Daniel Day-Lewis like did the research for it. Mm-hmm. So essentially what you have to do is you have to just base it off everything you can base it off. So while you might not have Lincoln talking, you know he's an Illinois boy mm-hmm. from this era, so you have to learn the dialogue of there, how people are speaking and writing and all that. Mm-hmm. You then have to then probably process like, okay, maybe we don't have someone from the 1860s speaking, but maybe we have their son who's lived in Illinois their whole life. Maybe we now have him on some sort of voice thing. Right. So you can kind of base it off that. We can also base it off the fact that we have descriptions of Lincoln's voice, so soft-spoken, maybe a little Mm -hmm. raspy. So you add that in there. You also probably have a little bit of just like, what is the dialect dialect most likely sounding like? How is it now that he's from this state and goes to D.C.? Because obviously whenever we move, sometimes we pick up the lingo slash can pick up a little bit of that accent with that. So he's bringing all of those in there. And then, of course, there's probably a little bit of personal preference on Daniel Day-Lewis's part where he's thinking he's like he does this voice and it's just like I sound too much in this or it's just like that. So he has Mm -hmm. to balance off like 
what yeah, do I, I want to emphasize more? Yeah, I, I think the the iterative approach and the sort of like gathering as much information as you can from as many sources as possible. That's feels- the best way to do it. And I think if you take the average of all those things, I think I feel like the voice that he brings is probably the most accurate. Everyone likes to think of the booming Lincoln that very much sort of talks the, more yeah, like this. Yeah, the, the worlds of Disney uh, moments with Mr. Lincoln. Yeah, show, like, yeah, the animatronic Mr. Lincoln. Yeah, which is uh, one I love Miss Adventure. I love the Mr. Lincoln oh, yeah. show. I think it's really awesome. Still uh, impressive. I, yeah, I, when the animatronics comes out, I still get goosebumps. With this, though, what I like I said, well, it's, that's it's why I love Daniel Day Lewis. When I'm just like, because I'm a history guy. I'm a historian. I graduated as a history major. Yes. I love. When <laughs> that's it's why. Just that's like, why I want to let you. Uh, yeah. Gosh. Talk as much as possible. I love when he's able to take all of those things and do what I do, where he's doing the research and he's mm. like, based on everything I'm getting, these are the conclusions I'm going to draw. He feels like he is a history guy. And I think it's pretty clear that Daniel Day-Lewis is one because the projects he's picked, mm-hmm. it's just like he seems to seemingly picks those types of projects. Yes. Going into this, this next part of this opening scene is really powerful. It's where you have the two white soldiers, one of them played by Dane DeHaan, mm-hmm. who uh, goes on to play Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> For sure he doesn't want to be remembered by that. <laughs> Regardless, he comes on screen. He was in Valerian, too. He is in Valerian in the City of a Thousand <laughs> Planets. He comes on screen, and they start having this conversation, and they talk about how they were soldiers at Gettysburg, mm-hmm. and they start, like, quoting the speech. And then it's just, like, this moment where, like, one of them just, like, you know, they're kind of nervously stumbling over to, like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember this gist. And then the other guy just, like, starts saying it because it has this profound impact like when you right it, it has really made an impact yeah like him. when you take the time to memorize it it's clear you care about that message you don't just memorize something to memorize it it's right. like this message stands for something and it means something to me mm-hmm. how this scene ends is i love it where it's just those two soldiers have to go with their battalion mm-hmm. and then you just hear i think it's Oyelowo's character just saying the the, the rest, rest of, of that yeah and it's that moment where lincoln just gets to ponder that and it p- puts right on top of you as the audience it puts the whole weight of the film right there mm-hmm. where it's lincoln looking at this black guy as he leaves quoting the emancipation proclamation basically the whole ideal that americans are free despite of race color ethnicity all of that mm-hmm. that um, to be an American is to be free. Lincoln's watching that and it puts the weight of just like, that's what he's fighting for in this movie. And I know Mm -hmm. historical movies can never be perfect. And this movie really puts the emphasis that like Lincoln, if it isn't for Lincoln and this passion to like get the 13th amendment passed by then that the 13th amendment will never go through. Mm-hmm. that's probably not fully an accurate picture. I'm sure there's other people dealing oh, yeah. and wheeling. There's other people who are influencing. It's not solely on him. Mm-hmm. I think what you this always, film... You always have to take the the Hollywood portrayal of something like that with a girl to make a movie. Not everything is an action movie. Not everything is a drama movie. You got to take some creative liberties. Yeah. and But I think the... those creative mm-hmm. liberties are 
are few and far between enough and realistic enough and within this movie's universe make enough sense that it that it's not it's not the the abraham lincoln vampire slayer yeah and with that it's 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 so legitimate it's so singularly focused on lincoln Mm -hmm. that i think the reason it works for me specifically is just because it's like no like to him this might have been a bigger than life mission so while it's not ultimately the 13th amendment doesn't just revolve around lincoln and if it's lincoln it's lincoln or bust to him it might feel that way and i think Mm -hmm. that's how the film interprets it like to this this is Lincoln's mission in this film. I, like I said, I love this movie, and I'm going to let you kind of jump in going here. The actual story of this is the passing of the 13th Amendment. Yes. The kind of everything going on with that. The Which is the dynamics, abolition of slavery the abolition for those of, of you slavery, that, yeah. that may not remember. What are your kind of like thoughts when we get into the meat and potatoes of this film? I think that, like I said, I think it's something that a lot of people don't realize how important it was because it's just words on a page. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and making history come alive in this way really adds weight. Like there were, there were shady things that had to be done sometimes in order to get what was ultimately a great thing passed. Yeah. There and, has I think, to be. and I think there are a few lines even that Lincoln says where it's like we've both, I think he was talking to a union uh, general or colonel or something where he's like, we've both put each other in positions where we've had to do bad things. Yeah. Or something like that. There's an innocence that's known not to exist anymore where it's like I, you can't be fully righteous and pass this type of radical law. There needs to be something that allows you to pass something so radical and so polarizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, backdoor, that, it's backdoor politics. Yeah, and it's it's that for the greater good mm. uh, phrase where it's like, you know, I the, the trolley problem sort of thing where it's like, do you pull the lever and, and save five people or do nothing and save the one person, you know? Yeah, and it's the whole thing with like, the start of the movie, it's clear like Lincoln and his advisors are in the room and they're like, you need 20 votes. That's impossible. And the whole thing Lincoln is saying is like, I don't care. Get me the 20 votes. However, you have to get me those 20 votes. Give me the 20 votes. And for a large portion of the film, it's him kind of taking a backseat advisor role where it's like, go out sending them Mm -hmm. to then a point in the film where it's like, Lincoln goes out and does it. I like I said, I think it's such an interesting portrayal of that. And I like that it's so singularly focused on the 13th Amendment. The parts of the movie that, if I was to say parts of it drag on, it's actually the family dynamic. I think all the actors are really good in the family. I don't find the relationship with his son as compelling. Mm-hmm. As or, his younger son, or with Joseph Gordon with Joseph Gordon Levitt, right? I don't find that as compelling. Although I think the relationship with him and Mary Todd is really compelling through a lot of it. Mm-hmm. That's the part. That's another really underrated part of this film. I think 
Sally Field gets kind of left behind in the conversation of Lincoln because it's obviously how do you talk about a powerhouse like Daniel Day-Lewis who wins the best actor mm -hmm. for this role, not just Academy Award, BAFTA, SAG, uh, Golden Globe. He wins he got every, a, he got a lot basically of every award that he was eligible for. He received that year because mm -hmm. no one could come close to that performance. Yeah. If you want to see all the awards he won, check the flowchart on Ben's Instagram oh, yeah, at ben the Beniverse. The Beniverse, yeah. I have and you the can, whole breakdown of yeah. every award that he won. While he you're at, like, you can give me a follow too at bind underscore media. Good plug already done. Done. Yeah. With that, wow, we, we really got That's that out the show. of the way. That's it. <laughs> With that all said, she gets overlooked in this film i think unfairly because she's as really good as mrs lincoln as yeah. mrs lincoln there's scenes with her that are kind of the heart and soul of the movie yeah i were there were there discussing uh robert's decision to want to join the union army that is an insanely intense yeah. scene where they're where they're discussing uh not just the politics but like the implication of sending their son to war like how many how many people's sons have like died in the mud and like you do you don't know the grief that i've gone through don't talk to me about grief i know grief and it's just like this struggle of trying to rectify and i this decision to let robert do yeah and i love that in that scene they never have to explicitly say the line that we all know is in both of their heads which is like, we've already lost the son. Yeah. It's so explicitly said without... Oh, wait, you'll have, to, you'll have to pardon the plane. That's yeah. anachronistic. We're talking about Lincoln right now? Yeah. And that was a, some kind of Ford? 747. That's a Ford. <laughs> that's a Ford. That's no, a, uh, no, that's a plane. <laughs> it could be a Ford <laughs> F-150 plane. Ford with wings. It's got a Cessna engine in it. Oh my goodness! But yeah, yeah it's you'll, never. I, you know that may happen again because these are uh, single pane windows, which boggles my mind. Anyway, they don't block out noise. No, they block out nothing. It's so explicitly said, right? Without ever actually having to be said mm -hmm. that, like, the elephant in the room is they're both grieving the loss of a son, mm -hmm. and. To have to face the realization reality. that yeah. if he goes to war, how they'll many don't come lose, back? Right. They'll probably lose another and son. Mary Todd kind of famously, for historians, has this whole thing where after the death of her son, and sometimes I think she gets maybe a little, historians paint her a little over emotional mm -hmm. because it's a loss of a son. Right. How could you like really depict that and not be overly emotional about it? But they do picture the grief of her in this movie and some of the mental illness she faced post that right. decision. And like I said, I think it's really brilliant on her. That's one scene in particular where she's like, you end the war. You get this past. Because if it doesn't, that means our son goes to war. You need to do this now. Right. And it, that's another angle of you know how, how crazy this this amendment was like mm -hmm. there, there were so many implications that it carried just even beyond just the abolition of slavery. Obviously that's the main point, but it also ended the war. It also, you know, drove, drove people to, to, it drove politicians to go against what their party would say, or like switch parties and leadership. What does this mean for 
other people in the country. There's a few scenes in that idea of like with Lincoln that are really interesting. And one of the things with that is kind of always how Lincoln's th- the the setting that Lincoln is in. It's a really distinct cinematography decision and lighting decision to make this film as dark as it is. Yeah, like, it and the sepia use... tones. The yeah. sepia tones in it are are really interesting. It's a very muted color palette. It's it's sort of a not monochromatic color palette, but there are, it feels like like I said, like you're looking at a museum exhibit. It's just moving and talking in in a way that's that's mm. unique. It's it's a really interesting cho- uh, definitely a deliberate choice. You know what it's... it reminded me of specifically? And it's a little bit of a different use of it, mm-hmm. but it's in when we s- talked about the movie Seven, where at times Ooh. it kind of feels like the weight of the world is on yeah. these characters. That monotone darkness to it kind of feels what Lincoln's mindset must be at the time, because mm-hmm. it's a huge weight to be president of a fractured United States. Oh, absolutely! And he's weighing everything. Not only is he trying to get the Thirteenth Amendment passed not only is he having his relationship with mrs lincoln his sons not only is the back uh, politician stuff going through trying to get all this he's also trying to somehow end a war free the slaves which is of course the main point of the war Mm -hmm. anyone who's saying it's states rights it's the state's rights to own Own slaves slaves. like you can't disconnect that idea it's one in Mm-hmm. And with that 13th Amendment being the fact, like, th- I think the reason it's so time sensitive to Lincoln is because he knows there's going to be reconciliation. Mm-hmm. That this Confederates, he, the war has been won by the time we're in this movie. As much as it's still the war is raging, mm-hmm. Grant has the Confederates on the ropes. They know this war is coming to an end. Lincoln kn- knows he has to get the 13th Amendment passed. It, as it's the Grant. final, yeah, it's the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, and he has to do it before Grant and Lee finally end the war, because once the Confederates are back in there and in the Senate and in Congress, there's no way you can pass that Thirteenth Amendment because it's already so divisive. And they, you know, if the Confederate, the Southern states come in, they're going to strike that bill yeah, down. It would, it would they're be... never going to accept those terms. So you have to do it in a manner of like. It's done. You guys are coming back, and this is the law of the land. And right. we need he needs it to be that way because it needs to be not the it needs to be the behind them essentially, where it's like mm-hmm. this law needs to be passed. We can't have this divisiveness mm-hmm. of this polarization. In order, in order to rebuild this nation, it needs to be rebuilt on, on that on a new law. foundation. And yes. that foundation being that all men. Yeah. Are, are created, created equal. equal not all white men it's all men yes and of course when we say all men that's of course another complicated subject because it's not a perfect solution we see mm-hmm. that the 13th amendment has its failures and even in when they're discussing it when lincoln says like slavery is abolished except for the terms of imprisonment that's another really problematic part of the 13th amendment mm-hmm. that Prisoners can be used essentially for slavery, right? And which is one that's still resonating today. Though it's still people have thoughts on, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of polarization on. It's never gonna be perfect, but it regardless, it's everything Lincoln is trying to encompass mm-hmm. with it. 
there's certain... it's also that mm-hmm. idea of baby steps as well mm-hmm. and like as much as much as he i th- and i think it's clear that he as well as a, a lot of other members of his cabinet they want you know all of these things to be done but it's just not feasible to do everything all at once mm-hmm. it has to be in baby steps and that's when you bring in characters like tommy lee jones's character tommy lee jones who's is really, really good interesting in this movie because he's represents the radical republicans at the time where it's they're not just like pro you know with the republican ideals of the lincoln era they're a step further they're abolitionists they never wanted slavery they're doing everything to basically make black people equal under the state of the law. So mm-hmm. not saying lincoln's not fully yeah, under doing, under the law and other under everything else yeah they're the ones who end up trying to push reconstruction where it's yeah. like this it doesn't just end with the 13th amendment there's atonement that needs to be made they're very in that sense kind of very progressive for the time mm-hmm. Tommy yeah. Lee jones plays a really interesting role in this movie mm-hmm. and he's a really it's, good supporting uh, what's character. His name? it's stevens is his last name oh, i can't remember is, what his first name his is. his name is and i'm pulling it up right now i had it written down but i left my notes at home thaddeus stevens of pennsylvania yes, thaddeus stevens he's a really interesting foil to lincoln in that way taking the the more direct and angry approach where Lincoln is trying to find the best way to introduce, like I said, the idea of abolishing slavery slowly. He's willing to lose a battle to win the war, whereas mm-hmm. Stevens... Uh, Stevens sees any form of compromise kind of a sense of failure. Yes. Because it's, it's just like... To compromise is to is to be weak. Yeah, because to him this issue isn't... There's no compromise allowed because essentially it's like especially not a three fifths compromise. Exactly because the whole thing. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, that's really joke? bad. I thought that was I thought it was funny. Semi racist. <laughs> that's not racist. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's not <laughs> the that's what it was called. Yeah. What his whole thing though, like, because in his picture, right? It's like his ideal is black people are freed and emancipated. Right. You can't have anything less mm-hmm. like and anything less than that is an insult and completely goes against right. because it's it an, can't is be an like front to is yeah. an front to God because to him, it's such a straightforward thing. It's like black people are free. That's mm-hmm. like you. There's no other way around that. Black people mm-hmm. are free. Yeah. Because, in the terms black, of emancipation. because black people are people. Yeah. And there's some really interesting dialogue with him. And I think the moment this character all comes together is after the law has been passed mm-hmm. and he takes home the 13th amendment oh. and you're just like it's a really interesting character move that you don't fully understand what's going on and then it's when he takes it home to his what is his maid but is actually his wife in secret mm, i believe yes. it's his wife i i think it i don't think that it's explicitly stated but that was such a beautiful am- scene. amazing twist moment yeah, it's and a it, really beautiful scene on a character that, like, I'm mm-hmm. sure historians who know Thaddeus Stevens have studied, they know that. Mm-hmm. For us who don't know as much as Thaddeus Stevens, that scene, it kind of, like, encompasses not only why he's doing everything, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, that's why he's so emotional about this. Why, this is why it feels so personal. Yeah, it, adds, it adds that context to why he is taking the approach that he is. And that's mm-hmm. good. I mean... I I don't know to what degree that that is historically accurate where he, you know, takes the Yeah, takes who the knows if that's a, like a symbolic 
thing that the movie added or if that's actually based on historical mm-hmm. reality. But but dramatically, it's a great that beat. works so well. It fully realizes that character mm-hmm. and also deals with one of my other issues before. That is where I'm like, the wig on Tommy Lee Jones looks ridiculous. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, that's because the wig on Tommy Lee Jones is ridiculous. It's supposed to look ridiculous. Yes. And I'm like, okay, that deals with a few... Uh, like it just fully comes together in that scene i know i the first time that i saw him i was like wait that's that's his hair that's a wait that's a tube right going back to lincoln because again there thaddeus uh is having his own kind of side discussions and lincoln and him aren't like fully they're they don't don't share that many scenes together in this movie they have a few yeah they they share a few and that's where we really see the dichotomy between how they want to deal with the the main issue of the film Mm. um but yeah you you said to go back to lincoln because after all this is called lincoln Lincoln. so i whatever you were gonna say with (laughs) this scene with lincoln there's a few just moments again where that character comes fully to life one of them for me is this sequence where they're all kind of arguing about it and tell me if i'm wrong because uh, i might be lincoln getting two and his, scenes. lincoln and his cabinet yeah i might be getting two scenes mixed up is the line specifically where everybody is created equal and somebody says well obviously not because you have like uh, gizzard brains uh, you have gizzard brains for brains or something like that do you remember that line where it's basically he insults him by saying you're not equal because you're really stupid oh yeah I is think, that lincoln or I is think, that tommy lee jones i think tommy lee jones says that to someone in the in the house meeting okay i just had to pull that line <laughs> which up is it's really another funny really funny line go so I, he's he's got some some crushing verbal blows he does to, and that's to some of the there's some really like great 1860s insults in this movie oh yeah like, it's brilliant one of my my favorite scene in the movie is where they're all in the cabinet meeting mm-hmm. and they're like we need these amount of votes like how are we going to get this we have four days they're all just kind of squabbling with each other mm-hmm. and lincoln's just kind of sitting there calmly and then all of a sudden slams hands on the table yes silence and he's just like no 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 this has to be passed like that yeah. aggressive like look at me yeah this look at this this is important yeah i love where he's just like no 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 you have a bunch of uh carnegie hall buzzard gizzards like yeah. all the, just going off on them <laughs> just the scene where we just see i know the in the in anger the anger of the in the in the time that was probably a very devastating insult he the he Eminem would never. <laughs> in, yeah, Eminem wishes. In that scene, it's just like, bam, 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 just yelling at them. It's the full. T- it's the first time we really see the weight of a Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Like the height just comes apparent. Like, and I don't even think he stands in it. Mm-hmm. He just feels bigger than anyone in the room. Yeah. And it's it's that scene again where he never just explicitly threatens, but he's basically saying, "You do this." Or your career's over. Yeah. This isn't like you have four this is days. Do you have or, this four is do or die. Good days. Oh yeah, he says you have a day, a night, and a day, and a couple hours. Now get it done. Yeah, is it, I paraphrased this, yeah. a little bit. That was Just, the uh, that was the <laughs> the New English translation. Yeah, as opposed to the New King James version <laughs> of eighteen sixties. It just like I said, just he goes for it, and 
I, one of my favorite lines of it is where they're talking, they're like, how are we going to get this passed? Like, we have to get this amount of abstains, this amount of yeses, all this stuff. And he's like, I am the president of the United States, covered in uh, power or whatever. You will get me those votes. Yeah. Just straight up. It's not even an argument. Mm-hmm. It's straight up, get me those votes, figure it out. I don't care. Yeah. It's literally like, this is your problem. And this isn't this political nonsense we're doing. It's over. Your guys is in squabbling right here and fighting in front of me. It's done. I don't care. I don't care to listen to this anymore because all you're doing is wasting those precious hours we have to get this vote. With that scene, it transitions really nicely. It, it might be the wrong transition. It might be the other way around. But these scenes are so close together. They play so well off of each other. Mm-hmm. James Spader is another really fun character that gets to come into this movie. And I love that they put Spader, who, uh, voice of Ultron, if you recognize <laughs> yes. the name but like can't picture him, that's him. That's Ultron. Just imagine Ultron. Yeah. In the it's cabinet. It's actually kind meeting. of funny because it is kind of just the voice of Ultron. <laughs> it, he's kind of the character. Spader knows what it's he just does. Just all these old white men and then Ultron yeah. in there. <laughs> what he does so well in casting an actor like Spader is. You know who the type of character Spader plays. He always plays kind of the ones who's like chagrin. He's kind of, he's the shake in the hands. He's doing the whole, he's the, really the politician. Yeah, the politician. He's doing it all. The scene where Lincoln comes in, Spader feels like a small little child next to him, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. just like the weight of what a James Spader brings to that role all of a sudden evaporated because it's like, oh, he's in the presence of Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. And in that scene where it's just he's like... He's been dwarfed. Yeah, and it's that scene where Lincoln just comes in and he's like, so how are we going to get this done? And then like, Spader's just aghast that he's like in the room with Lincoln, like that Lincoln's just visiting his cabin where they're playing a poker game. He's just like, well, uh, and he just kind of starts stumbling over the words. It's like one of those things where it's like, you have an actor so confident as Spader and it like knowing what you know about Spader as an actor makes that scene even more impactful because it's like, well, you know the type of character that Spader brings mm-hmm. and what he brings to a role. And seeing him in this state as an actor, not as even the character he's playing, it's just like that that has an impact. It's an interesting thing to cast a character actor like that mm-hmm. to just kind of take down what we know of who that actor is. It's Spielberg, I think, does a masterful job in this. And that's the guy we haven't sung his praise enough in this. Mm-hmm. Spielberg knows how to direct a movie. Like, just... I naturally... Blank. I mean, he's... he's I mean, he what, and George Lucas... Best? He and George Lucas are the first names that I think of when movie director. The, yeah, them and the Tarantino. Yeah, he's the guy. Like, everything kind of just feels like it's Spielberg. At least mm-hmm. definitely for our generation. Like... Spielberg is the director of directors, and it's just so. It's I just, so I just easy. need to. I have fully disclosure for a second. Uh. When you said he's the guy, I immediately thought of that scene from Spy Kids 3D. Game over. <laughs> he's the guy. Did not. Would never <laughs> pulled that reference. I, I wasn't sure. I was. I was like, I. I don't think Ben would stoop so low. The scene with <laughs> Sp- we take it for granted who Spielberg is as a director. Mm-hmm. We're just like, well, of course Spielberg's gonna make a beautifully directed movie mm-hmm. like it's spielberg yeah so we kind of just forget that magic sometimes he brings and there's a yeah, lot of those it, scenes yeah, where it's it just granted. like one of my favorite scenes and it doesn't even have like a lot of the main characters in it it's just the scene where for the first time black people are allowed in the hall 
Oh, the yes. Cha- the chambers? Where everyone, where all the house reps start slowly looking up and they just to the see, rafters. Yeah, and yeah. they're all there. And I forget who makes reference to it. It might be Tommy Lee Jones's character. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think remember. it's the majority leader. Yeah, you're right. It is probably the majority leader. In the, in the, of in the, the Republicans. Yeah, and it's just like, welcome to your house. Yeah. It's such a simple scene, and it's one of those ones that could feel maybe a little on-the-nose cheesy. It doesn't. It feels really magical. It's just mm-hmm. that moment where it's just like, it's mixed with what Spielberg does where he just pans over, and it's just like he lets it sit with those characters for a few moments. Like, kind of the weight, like, wow, like, we are looking at the first black people who ever stepped in this room free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think they're, I think technically they're not, the first black people in because mm-hmm. I'm sure they well one slaves built that place. yes right it's the first time where they're being recognized yes as it's the first time that they equals. have come in in the context of being a guest yeah being being uh the people that the house is there to represent and it's that perfect partnership with Spielberg and John Williams where the score in this scene you're just like. There's that victorious music. It's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. John Williams, I was listening to the score on my way here. There's a lot that I'm just like, God, we also take Williams for granted. Where it's just like, I love the fact that, like, this music literally at times, like, specifically scenes of it, are like, you could pull this straight out of like 1860 Civil War music and it sounds completely of its time. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of use of the banjo music like that. And it's just like, God, he nails that feeling well. And then when the scenes where it is the more instrumental modern, it just works so perfectly because it's a scene like that where it's used to enlift and empower characters. And same with Lincoln. There's so many scenes of that with, like I said, I think Lincoln's just, Daniel Day-Lewis is perfect to me in this movie. Like Mm -hmm. I watch that and usually I can maybe, if I was really to be nitpicky, I could probably pick apart something of that performance. When I watch that, I'm like, that's a perfect performance. Like, it is literally a gold standard of performances to me. I can look at that and just say, there's nothing wrong with that performance of Daniel Day-Lewis in that movie. It's kind yeah. of astounding. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's insanely fun to watch. I was, like, glued to the screen every time it, Lincoln came on because I his You can't stories, take your eyes off yeah, of him. I, the stories that he spins are are so engrossing. And like I said, I the, love at the they... top of the hour, every bit of it is just so metered. And it like like you were saying, it blurs the line between what was written and what was improved and brought to life by just Daniel Day Lewis being in in Lincoln's head. And it's like it's another really great moment of uh Kush uh sorry. Yeah, Kushner's script mm-hmm. is there's like even scenes where like once Lincoln starts going off on a story, mm-hmm. he's just like the people in the cabinet are just like, oh, here he goes again. <laughs> but you're just listening to the stories and you're like, that's engrossing, man. Like I could listen to this guy talk for hours. It's just like I it feels special. It, I Somehow it feels intimate while being mm-hmm. larger than life. It's like, yeah. I don't even know how to understand it. It's one of those things where how I describe it is that I know it will probably never happen because how do you get someone like Daniel Day-Lewis to do this? I wish they were able to like take the emancipation 
Emancipation Proclamation mm-hmm. and just have Daniel Day-Lewis read it as Lincoln. Like, I just want all oh, the speeches of Lincoln or, like, his time in Congress or the laws he's writing or just, like, his battles in as a lawyer. I would love if, a, like, an audiobook was fully oh, that told would be, by Lincoln because it's so be really engrossing. Cool. When yeah. you're watching it, you're just the like... The speeches of Lincoln yeah, as you're read just by like, Daniel Day-Lewis. You're just sitting there and it's just like... I, I, I feel like I'm in the presence of Lincoln, which is a really special feeling to kind of just feel lost in this world. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, it, to sum it all up, it comes up perfectly with all the performances in this movie, many of who we didn't even get to touch on. We don't touch on Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They all give really good performances in this movie. There's not yeah. a bad performance in this movie. Even mm-hmm. Driver, who's in the movie for like two minutes, two or three minutes. My face lit up yeah. when I saw him. It's just like he gets to have some really nice scenes too. Like everyone's mm-hmm. empowered. The script's great. The direction's great. I really do feel like this is Spielberg's like underrated masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And this it is, is def- my this favorite. This is definitely uh, one of the best sort of historical documentary, half documentary, half drama Drum, yeah. drumumentary. What would yeah, you even it would call be. That? It's a historical drama. It's kind of a biography, mm-hmm. and it's also a political thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it is it's, a really it's political made, thriller. It's made really well. And one last point before I just wrap it up, I said it at the beginning, so I will just touch on it. The one issue that I could really point to this film and say I don't like that is I think they could have ended the film pre the death. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to see the scene where he goes to the theater. I don't. They don't show him being shot. They just show. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character mm-hmm. reacting to the finding out the news of his father being dead, and then mm-hmm. we kind of just see Lincoln, kind of just peacefully in death, mm-hmm. which is also. It's one of those things where it's like, well, I don't even need it. It's a really beautiful scene to just see, the president there, yeah. like Daniel Day Lewis as President Lincoln, just in mm-hmm. the there, and it's just like. It's a beautiful moment, even if I don't necessarily like that scene. I liked it when it's more the idea of like this is the Fifteenth Amendment and it or Thirteenth Amendment and it ends like kind of as it passes and the war ending. Mm-hmm. And maybe you even have it where it's like there's always kind of this idea in the movie where it's like his days are numbered. Mm-hmm. Like there's an almost an urgency to it, and maybe it's because Lincoln like almost like yeah, seems to knows understand like the, what I've I'm made doing. Enemies. Yeah, what I'm like, doing right now. He's going is to make me enemies, right. and it's going to be like one of those things. Like maybe not it's just everyone like, likes it's, what I'm doing. It's kind of subconscious, right? Where it's just like this understanding. Like maybe it's like I don't know my days are numbered, but based on what I'm doing, my days kind of feel numbered, and that's why I have to live yeah. it with urgency. You, yeah, the the sleep with one eye open. Yeah. So while I would have liked had the film maybe cut like right before he goes to the theater mm-hmm. to Ford, it's still a really beautiful scene, even if I just don't like it because that's where it feels like okay you're just trying to make a biography mm-hmm. with that all being said wonderful film yeah wonderful wonderful beautiful film if you're if you're a fan of uh historical um historical biographies and and that sort of thing all the all the the boxes that this film ticks i give this a look yeah agreed and all with right. that it is time for the great gentlemen this is the mount rushmore of great debates oh where we are going to take it oh, ho, ho. and this is going to be one that is for the ages and oh. i'm proclaiming that because we're doing this in honor of president lincoln's birthday which is coming up in a few days happy birthday so, 
Happy birthday, birthday Mr. <laughs> President. Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Not in front of Jackie. <laughs> Not the Jackie. Oh my goodness. Dude, have you seen the show Inside Job on on no, Netflix? I oh, there's a really funny scene where a bunch of JFK clones get loose. And this alien... Wait, I've seen this scene. Oh, you have? I have seen Where this scene. Mike, like the mushroom, is dressed up in a in a wig. It's like, are you seriously making me do this? And it's like, you need to sound sexy. Make sure. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Really? Sexy side note. Uh, Ana de Armas, who we're both huge fans of, and yes. also thinks she's one of the most gorgeous women I've ever like, just seen. Uh, I like, also just... agree. Celebrity crush to just the max. Yeah, she's She up is playing Marilyn Monroe in a Netflix movie that's coming out in a few months. Yo. So check, keep an Ayo. eye out for that. Uh, I just remember that when we were talking about Marilyn Monroe. I'm like, <laughs> God, she's just thinking about her just like everything that's in good. Monroe. And then you're just like, oh, my God, Ana de Armas is going to play that. That's kind of perfect. Yeah. Uh, with that all said, I have my question ready to go. All right, go. Uh, my it. question is... Who would you like to see a biography like type movie or a portrayal of them in a movie of a famous person? Could be a celebrity like Marilyn Monroe, could be a president like mm-hmm. uh, Abraham Lincoln, whoever it may be. Who would you really just like love to just spend like two hours with getting to know that historical figure? Mm-hmm. Okay, I had I have a really similar question, but it I in my typical fashion it's a lot more taking the piss. Uh but that's a British thing. Um oh man, a a historical figure that would be really interesting to spend some time with. Uh man, I there are some jazz icons that would be really mm. cool to to be with. Um, I mean, obviously Louis, Louis Armstrong would be amazing. Duke Ellington, uh, one of the, one of the most amazing piano players ever. Uh, man, that would be awesome. I, you know, another, another figure that would be interesting. Um, I've been, (laughs) I've been watching Doctor Who again, Mm. uh, via your HBO Max account. Thank you, Ben. Uh, I used to be a huge fan of Doctor Who, and now I've just been watching it for nostalgia's sake. I've been enjoying it for the most part. Uh, There's a really cool episode where they go back in time and meet Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, yes. They had a movie. Oh, Uh, really? Willem Dafoe. Oh, Kind of a perfect casting, if you ask me. Yeah, that's a really good casting. Um, Yeah, I was going to say Vincent Van Gogh, but apparently that exists. exists. (laughs) That exists. Uh, so I will stick with uh, Louis Armstrong or Louis Duke Armstrong Ellington. or Duke Ellington. Okay, one of those one of those legends. I count Basie, another one. Uh, Charlie Parker. Uh, maybe not as much Charlie. Ah, uh, no. I'm I'm okay. Mm. Any any of those huge jazz icons, I'm here for it. I like that pitch. I had a few, and I think I went a little bit more historical. I. George Washington was one that I'm like, never actually like seen like a just straight up Washington, like 
Really? Like we we, we've seen like Washington in movies mm-hmm. and like ones that even focus on Washington. Mm-hmm. We haven't quite seen like one where it's just like a two hour like kind of slice with Washington. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an evening with Washington. Yeah. Which like I think that could be interesting. I would say the closest that I can really think of is Hamilton. Hamilton and, and I was thinking of that musical 1776. 1776. Yeah, the the one where they're writing the declaration. I thought about mm-hmm. that one, but there hasn't been one just straight up mm-hmm. him. That was one that came to mind. I think there's a really interesting biopic to be made about a figure like uh, Margaret Thatcher, mm-hmm. I think, could have one. I mean, Gandhi has his, of course, infamous Gandhi five-hour epic. That film's that film's awesome. really good. That film's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. That's Washington kind of feels like my answer. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Because there are some, like, celebrities that I'm, like, I think could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to, like... I I think a really interesting movie, and it might be exploitive, exploitive in its nature. Exploitative? Yeah, in <laughs> yeah, its nature. You. Adam a Sandler. Paul, no, a Paul McCartney. <laughs> Picar- Ooh, Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney. Movie, but kind of either in a really interesting period in his life. One, either as the Beatles are breaking up, which I think that documentary on Disney Plus, Get Back, kind of shows enough of that that I wouldn't need that. Mm-hmm. I'd be really interested to see one post the death of Lennon. Like kind of him like, mm-hmm. maybe it's like... <laughs> I don't know why I thought... V.I. Lennon no, and yeah. not John Lennon first. I think the idea would be like where it would be is it's like right before they do like one of those big concerts for Lennon, kind of like the same way the Steve Jobs movie with Michael Fassbender's does, where it's mm-hmm. kind of like chapters of his life and they're always framed like 30 minutes before the announcement of a new Apple product is how that movie tells its story. Uh-huh. I'd kind of like something like that where it's just like, you get like 30 minute sections of McCarthy. You kind of get him aging McCartney. I mean, mm-hmm. aging. I think that's a really interesting one. I'm trying to think McCarthy has McCartney has to be mine. I know I keep saying you, I, maybe you're thinking of Melissa. Yeah. Melissa McCarthy. It would be biopic. That was another name. I was actually really thinking Joseph McCarthy. I think that's why I kept like getting it thrown out. I Joseph thought... McCarthy from the red scare. Who basically uh, instruments oh. the Red Scare. Oh, it would Ooh, be, that'd be interesting. It'd be really interesting. Maybe not even. Maybe not just about him, but just about the entire Red Scare, like big players. Like a trial, in and like him kind yeah. of being the, the overlooming, like almost the Emperor Palpatine in it, where it's just like he's <laughs> kind of always looming, and that presence is always mm-hmm. felt. We've had movies about the Red Scare. I'd be really interested to see one like in the day of the life of the politics of the red yeah, scare I, the hollywood blacklist would be an interesting yeah which they've done movies like trumbo of, yeah does it with brian cranston yeah uh-huh. uh the new movie being the ricardos with nicole that's, kidman that's where she plays dalton trumbo correct yeah okay or like like being the ricardos with lucille ball deals with the fact that like she's listed a communist at one point and then it ends up being like just not true mm-hmm. and that's like the whole week in the being the ricardos i think there'd be something really interesting if it's like this is the actual like again kind of like this movie lincoln does it where it's like this is the backdoor politics of the crap going on and the Mm. just insanity of basically letting a maniac run one last one for mine and it's because we did get that movie and it's really bad and they should have been really good a j edgar hoover like just a slice in the life of this 
crazy maniac. <laughs> like, I'd be so interested. And I think Leonardo was actually maybe not a terrible choice. It was just, I think it should have been older. It was just like the fact that the movie's so bad that I really want to see a focused, good one of just kind of the maniac. Give it to like a David Fincher who did Social Network. Mm-hmm. Give it to someone like that, and let's just get into the psychoses of a J. Edgar Hoover and the weirdness and just bizarre and just straight out like terribleness of a J. Edgar Hoover and showcase kind of like what Social Network did with uh, him. Mm-hmm. Showcase the with Mark Zuck. Yeah, the the evilness and like the foundation of like all the things that ended up being very true about Facebook. The fact mm-hmm. that's built on targeted harassment. And fake news. Uh, now it's meta, so they aren't guilty of any of those yeah. crimes anymore. Yeah. So, base it on that and show like the Rebrand, fact that the FBI their slate is clean. Yeah. Show the fact that the FBI is built on racism. Like that's 1930s. There you go. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting movie. All right. Um, I you know I think I've actually asked a question like this before, but I don't remember what episode it was on. I was going to say who would be. A really bad president. You asked to it make... on Hamilton. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. And you, oh, what president was it? The that was one in died office. In 30 days. Yeah, John Tyler. <laughs> dead, maybe is his name. Dead in thirty days. Yeah. Ah oh, man, that was the one question. Then as I was about to ask it, I was. I like, have another Frick, answer have then asked... for that. Okay. Because it's like basically I, the, any any here, historical figure that would be a really boring. I'm actually going to do the antithesis of what Lincoln is. Okay. Who would be maybe the worst type of president to kind of see made a movie in the style of Lincoln? And I'm going to go president. And I hate to get political. If you're looking at like what one president was versus another president, and you're trying to paint them in this really like kind of Trump one would be <laughs> I knew it was coming. bizarre. Could you imagine? Even just be... take out everything you know about Trump. Take out all the opinions you have of it. That's a weird documentary the because problem... Trump's not that type of stoic character of a Lincoln. Yeah, the problem with it would be that it would feel too much like a propaganda one way or the other. Yeah, no be... matter how it was made. You could be as neutral as possible and it would still feel like a propaganda because he's such a... Polarizing... Because he's fig- Trump. He's such a polarizing figure and he's not a character that like just lends himself to like a Lincoln where it's just like there right. is like this kind of nature of it. Like I think the thing that's so intriguing about Lincoln is one, how little we know about him just due to the past. Mm-hmm. And just like how little we know of that time era and just like all that stuff. The issue with Trump is he tells us everything about himself. He can't stop talking about himself. So it's just like, one, where's the intrigue in that? And it's just like, you're right. If we do it one way or the other, either it becomes a... We've just seen so much of him too. It becomes either a hit piece or it becomes a full-on glorification Mm -hmm. of somebody and the film that's made in the middle where it's like kind of of, like that's some michael moore yeah crap and it's like the film that in the middle that again if you were to make a trump documentary or a trump film which i think is coming like it has to be it's inevitable we get one in the next 10 years well isn't it the QAnon thing on yeah (laughs) what you get is you'd have to against like i said for social network that seems like the only way you really could do a trump documentary or a trump biopic where it's just like it's kind of talking about a lot of things bigger than Trump. 
-hmm. It just so happens to be that Trump's in the middle of this craziness. But yeah, he'd be such a terrible one. Take out my personal feelings, which, again, if you know me or or see me on social media. You love him. Yeah, it's very quite obvious which side I fall on Trump. (laughs) It would be, like I said, it'd just be a disaster. Could you there? If someone tried to make that film like Lincoln, but just simply replace like Trump, it would just be like, what are you doing? Like, you'd, that's not even would, the type you'd of fall, character. You'd fall on your sword so quick. And again, exclude everything. And I'm trying not to make this political. <laughs> exclude everything you know about Trump. It would be weird. It would be weird. And there's like a gracefulness of Lincoln. And again, uh, Trump is a lot of things subtlety has never been trump's brand right there you couldn't have those moments where like trump's telling that type of story where it's like he's only subtle if you spell subtle with word art yeah he's only subtle <laughs> as subtle as he's word subtle art. in comic sans <laughs> he's like I, you know actually if you reach behind you uh there's a really thin little comic book it's by uh green Gla- yeah that one uh, so I got that as a gift, and that's about as subtle as he is. Yeah, uh, this, the comic book that Hulk I, <laughs> the comic book that I just had Ben grab is called the Tremendous Trump. It was a joke gift. I it's not like framed in glass. Uh, yeah, it's someone just, in QAnon would pay really good money for this. It is hilarious and, and stupid, uh, yeah, and but can, smart. Also, stupid. you can also tell I think where they're leaning towards in this based on some of the yeah absolutely all facts as you like it it's <laughs> a really good one the, the greatest snowy coaster of all time i'll i'll let you read that one um okay so i i've got a really simple answer and i've even got a title jeb bush and you could call it please clap jeb bush would be a really boring political see the only reason <laughs> i'll push back on you is because they made that movie with oliver stone called w which mm-hmm. stars Josh Brolin as George W. Bush. Oh. And that film's kind of a mess. Oliver Stone, like, it's kind of that same issue where, like, I really like Oliver Stone. It's This one feels like he's going a little too angry and not necessarily unjustifiably angry. It's just he makes it, like, within, like, the month that George Bush leaves office. Mm-hmm. Where it's Ooh. not like he makes it, but it, like, comes out right then. It's just, like... I Weird. think had there been some time detached from the subject, it would have made a more interesting thing. Jeb Bush is in it, is what I'm trying to say. And it's the only reason I mention it is because the really interesting thing they do with that movie is the dynamic between W and Jeb, who Jeb's barely in the movie. But the whole thing is like George W. Bush feels inferior to Jeb. Because, you know, Jeb's kind of been the prodigal. He's the much smarter of the two Bushes. Like, just, I mean, like, education wise he's always been the more politician where you know george w bush is the cowboy like like he sees himself as the yeah he sees himself as the rancher like he's you know he sees himself as a chuck norris cowboy type figure that's how george (laughs) w bush always described he's like i'm the cowboy president where jeb bush is like i'm a politician i wear my tie like you're not gonna really catch me in jeans you're not gonna catch me in the hat to be fair I am tired of politicians, so I can kind of respect the cowboy president. Yeah, I, I respect the I respect the hustle. Like I said, so the only counter I would have to that is simply like you can't have one that's focused on Jeb. But if that's you what did I'm one saying. like with Jeb <laughs> it would be in boring. it, like it's like the Jeb versus George W. Like 
the whole family dynamic of the Bush family. I think there's an interesting movie, but again, you're right. There, I, 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 I love think the, the 2016. Title, yeah, I think the title, please clap. I that just makes me laugh. Uh, all right, I think that'll. Uh, I think that'll do it. Yep. Check us out next week for uh, in the heat of the night. Yes. And Wild Wild West coming soon. Wild Wild West. Take care. Follow me on the Beniverse YouTube Instagram. We already you know plugged all the plugs. that. Take we care, guys. It. See ya. Bye bye.